Hello everybody, this is Salil Tripathi and I'm speaking from Geneva at the UN Annual Business and Human Rights Forum. And today I'm with Karamat Ali, who is the Executive Director at the Pakistan Institute of Labor Education and Research. Karamat has had a, an interesting experience working on seeking compensation for victims in a specific case where there was a fire in a factory uh, called Ali and Company, am I right? Ali yes. Enterprise. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell us that story, what happened? Yeah. Well, thank you. What happened was that in on the 11th of September 2012, there was a huge fire in this factory, produced garments, jeans, etc. And uh, it was a large-scale factory, employed about 1,500-plus people. But as you know, I mean, most of the people in our part of the world, they work under informal contracts or informalized conditions. So out of those 1,500-plus, there were only 235 people who were registered with the Social Security Department. Mm -hmm. of the Otherwise, most of the workers were not even documented. So when this fire took place, um, <laughs> it took 259 lives. People were burnt alive because there were no emergency exits. All and most people were working on the first floor or in the basement. And which city was this in? This is Karachi. Karachi itself, yeah, right? Karachi is, as you know, the largest yes. industrial city. Uh, so. In this fire, what happened was that because of lack of emergency exits, the workers could not extricate themselves from, and they were burnt alive. And were these all men, or were they men and women? It was both men and women, mm -hmm. and we suspect there were some children also, but since there was no record, mm -hmm. uh, we don't really know, because there are, out of the 259 who lost their lives, uh, there were 19 people who could not be identified, so they were buried. Even after the DNA test, their identity could not mm -hmm. be stopped. So they were buried like number one, two, three, and mm -hmm. 19. So, so this fire, uh, I mean, this was the largest incident of uh, factory mm -hmm. fire in Pakistan's history. So there's some 55 workers who were injured and 259 died. And this factory was awarded an SA-8000 certificate just three weeks before the All right. Yeah, And so when it happened, there was no union in the factory and the government textiles in sector is the least organized. Mm -hmm. In any case in Pakistan, we don't have more than 1% workers organized. In the organized in sector? In the unions. So, I mean, the, it was a very, very <laughs> weak situation there was no possibility of mobilizing workers and unions to get justice for the victims right. of it. So we worked on what could be the strategy. So we got together a group of organizations, including trade unions, but human rights organizations like the Human Rights Commission of Pakistan. There were some women's organizations. There was organizations that took up certain human rights-related issues. So we put together this coalition. We decided to uh, take the judicial route in the first place because this factory violated every law of the mm -hmm. land. So we thought, given the fact that the judiciary in Pakistan after 2007 movement, where uh, the military dictator, he tried to sack the chief justice and other judges, 
So there was a huge movement initiated by the lawyers, but then strengthening the judiciary. Yes, that everybody became part of that. So that allowed the judiciary to become. Relatively independent, as well as more sensitive towards ordinary mm-hmm. people's issues. So we right. thought we moved the court. So we went to the court. We petitioned, and uh, we asked for the you know the court to fix responsibility mm-hmm. for this tragedy. Also look at how all these violations had taken place, and various government departments really. abdicated their uh, responsibility mm-hmm. and they should be brought to justice also how was the response from the government and the owners now the the government obviously i mean most governments in pakistan are indifferent to the labor issues yes. anyway yeah but this particular government that was there at that time it did not take any initiative on mm-hmm. its own it only became active once we went to the court and the court passed orders mm-hmm. we made the federal government a party we made the provincial government and the various department as well as we asked the court to order institution of murder cases against employees because this was cold blooded murder because one there were no exits yeah. exits secondly the only door that was open was locked from outside after the fire it erupted because the manager then admitted before the court that we locked it because we were afraid that when workers you know running out they will steal the clothes okay and so i mean you can imagine the yeah. kind of mindset mindset and mentality yes so in our view those workers were deliberately burnt alive and so it it amounted to cold blooded murder and mm. we wanted them to be caught and tried for murder, yes apart from other violations so the, by the court order the employer there were three of them a father and two son father was really old so he got bail from the court but his son and the manager they were arrested mm-hmm. they were in jail <coughs> for almost 5 years 5 right any and you also targeted the buyers right and then what happened was this german buyer because we we work on a south asian level so we have a network of uh, unions in south mm-hmm. asia especially in the government sector because that is one common sort of industry mm-hmm. so they were friends in bangladesh and this german firm we we didn't know that they were almost the sole buyer so this because they knew one of their consultants was in touch with people in bangladesh because mm-hmm. they were also sourcing from bangladesh so they contacted one of the government unions in bangladesh asking them you know we want to help so can you put us in touch with some organization in mm-hmm. karachi so all of them knew us so they gave them mm-hmm. my contact number and i got a call from this german firm saying we want to come and discuss and we want to help so he said good so they came to karachi so we had a meeting it was their managing director and one human resource development mm-hmm. person so by that time then with the help of the clean clothes campaign we were working already right. together so we found out that they they were actually the sole buyer all the production of this factory was sourced by them. so in our view then those worker were actually working for this german right. firm not right. for the alien company, company yes so we said okay then you have a responsibility 
and this company is called kick and company kik kik right so mm. when these people came we had a meeting and uh, they took the position that well we want to help even though we don't have any responsibility so we said no we don't want to discuss with you if you have come to give charity to the workers that you don't come to us you go and find some other organization yeah and give your charity through such an organization in our view they were working for you because you did not set up a factory yourself but practically this factory was exclusively producing for you and you had certain obligation hmm. under your own codes and also under the local laws and the consensus that you must look at the working condition and ensure that local laws are being complied you have done nothing so you are actually equally guilty because they had never visited the factory them right okay yeah? and they went by this sa 8000 certification hmm. so we said if you don't own up your responsibility then we don't want to discuss anything so we kind of we said okay we leaving they were staying yeah. in out but then they came after us they saying no we want to discuss so we had a long discussion about you know like uh, mm -hmm. all these un convention the un declaration of human rights the ilo convention in our view every citizen of this world is has an obligation to work for the implementation of the rights enshrined in those absolutely otherwise i mean as global citizens who will implement all these charters and conventions mm. yeah either the state does it if it doesn't the citizens also have. so therefore you are responsible you are governed by those convention the covenants and charters so that is why you must accept responsibility and then we can discuss what mm. that, what does it mean anyway it, it they said okay we go back and we'll discuss it with mm -hmm. our board of directors etc and this was like in in the beginning of october <laughs> the accident happened in september we filed our cases in the first week of october and these people came i think in the second week they went back they discussed it with their uh, board of directors and then they asked us okay can you come we want to have a meeting to work out the details so they asked me to come to germany and i said no maybe better we meet in holland right because clean clothes campaign was our partner organization right. and i wanted them to be there yeah and their international secretariat is based in amsterdam so we had a meeting in in the hague they came there and we had man uh, like almost half a day discussion and finally they agreed that they have a responsibility and in the meantime there was a big campaign which clean clothes campaign some media mm -hmm. groups in germany some television channels they took up the issue some other organizations like uh, uh, the german trade union fes the free delivery stiftung all those people they took up the issue and they took it up also with the german government so the right. german government had got involved and then this tazreen factory <laughs> accident happened in november so all that created a lot of pressure on the right. ai right so we met in the beginning of uh, in december and uh, we had a agreement on mm -hmm. three points one was that they will give 
one million dollars as immediate relief to be distributed because they wanted to get out of that pressure. Yes. They wanted to be seen to be doing, doing something. something. Yes. So they immediately, you know, we signed this agreement on the 21st of December right. 2012. They sent this one million dollar the next day into our account. So we said, no, we are not going to distribute this. We want, first of all, all the claims to be, you know, brought together and then some credible body should basically verify that so that nobody is left out mm. or, uh, you know. And we also, by that, you know, we get documentation of it for future kind of thing. So we asked the Sindh High Court to form a judicial commission which should distribute this money to certain <coughs> every individual's share in the compensation and then distribute. So a commission was formed under a retired judge of uh, the Pakistani Supreme Court and the commission took about five to six months. It went public, asked for claims, then verified it through different government mm -hmm. departments mm -hmm. and agencies and it established the fact that there were 259 dead people and 55 injuries and they then worked out the amount of compensation and this was distributed. In the meantime, KIK people were just after us, you know, why are you delaying it, delaying it? They said, no, but this process has to be done. So finally it got distributed and then they had second thoughts because the second point was long-term compensation to be determined by a mutually agreed mechanism and distributed amongst them. And third was then for them to, to financially support an agreed mechanism which would be aimed at improving safe working conditions in the government industry mm -hmm. in Pakistan. And they agreed to put in about half a million dollars into that. So after this was distributed, they contacted us, they said, give us a proposal uh, about, you know, setting up a mechanism. So we said, no. Second point is long-term compensation. First, that has to be decided, and then we will give you a proposal. So then what happened? They started, you know, like backtracking. Then, you know, in the meantime, the M managing director who had signed the agreement, he I was either sacked or um, forced to leave or whatever, but he left the company. Mm -hmm. And then the new people, they started telling us, look, you know, we actually, we didn't have the responsibility. Our managing director put us in a very awkward position. And we have given one million dollars and we don't think we owe anything more to anybody. But we will be willing to support this improvement kind of thing. We said, no, you have a written agreement. If you violate that, we will take you to the court. So between 2013, and 2015, there was a deadlock on this issue of long-term compensation. Mm. In the meantime, with the help of all these friends, the clean clothes, there was this European Centre for Constitutional and Human Rights, they came in. There was a group of lawyers from Italy, uh, they came in to take up the issue of this Italian company called RINA, which was subcontracted the SA 8000 certification by the SAI and this RENA in turn subcontracted it to a Pakistani group and that group issued a recommendation to RENA to give this certification. 
and then later on this Pakistani group also admitted that they had not visited the factory. So they had issued a certificate without even visiting without it. Without even visiting. So in this process then we were mobilizing people in Germany with the help of all these friends. The largest union yeah. in Germany, AG Metal, they yeah. took up the issue, the German Confederation, uh, DGB, uh, they, they came in and we had two or three major conferences in Germany where this issue was raised. And then a South Asian group in the German parliament, they took up the issue. Uh, they, the Ministry of Economic Cooperation and Development, BMZ, they, they came mm -hmm. in, the foreign uh, ministry came in, and they all put a lot of pressure on uh, KIK to fulfill their obligation. So eventually we had a meeting uh, in November 2015, where the KIK people, the two people who are here now, they came and they met with one of the victims who we had sent to Germany right. together with a colleague of mine. And they said, okay, we are willing to discuss. So what should be the mechanism? So then we proposed that the International Labour Organization, because they had intervened in the uh, Rana Plaza <coughs> and then this accord was... An alliance, both of them, yeah. So he said, here the issue is because there is an ILO convention Convention 121, which deals with workplace injury and death. Safety, yeah. So, we would like the long-term compensation to be determined under that convention with the facilitation of the ILO. And the German government supported our position. And finally, in March 2016, the ILO it put together uh, a kind of a mission to visit Pakistan and ascertain what are the elements right. that need to be right. taken into account. So that mission came in May uh, for two weeks. They went around, met with the government people, they met with uh, people in the trade union, they met with us. So they went back and then they came up with the report. And then there was a follow-up uh, meeting and uh, we were represented in those discussions by the clean clothes campaign because they were like a part of the agreement right. that we had. And then the industrial union also came in because they were also taking up this issue. So with the German government being represented, KIK, the ILO's social security Units, yeah. unit and these two organizations. Mm -hmm. We participated in some meetings via Skype because we thought we are being represented properly. So eventually the target was that before the fourth anniversary this issue should be resolved. So the fourth anniversary was on the 11th of September, September this, year, yeah. this year. And in that week the ILO team was able to pull together this agreement which obligated the KIK to pay $5.15 million in excess to the $1 million. Mm -hmm. And now that the ILO team is working on this, so agreement has been signed. So this will be like converted into regular pensions for the survivors and the families. So, so this is in a way a landmark 
It is a landmark outcome, absolutely. Because it has never happened before. I mean, in the case of Rana Plaza, it was again the brands contributing, not really taking any responsibility. Right, right. And ILO only taking the role of convening the meeting. But right. here for the first time the ILO has stepped in and did stepped something. In and did something for the implementation of its convention. An agreement, yeah. So it establishes liability of the buyer. So no, it is a remarkable achievement. Hopefully we don't have such accidents. Yes. But if there is an accident in any of our countries that they produce garments and the buyer will be immediately liable. Accountable for that, yes. And a formula has already been right. worked out. No, it's an important precedent. It's really very important also in the sense that the base that has been worked out uh, for what would be the income of a worker or what should have been the income of mm. a worker at the time of the accident. Even though the minimum wage in Pakistan at that time was 12,000 rupees. But we <coughs> propose that actually the minimum income should have been 31,000 rupees. Mm -hmm. we, we use the, uh, you, know, you know, I'm sure you are aware with the Asia floor wage yeah, initiative. Yeah, yeah. They had done some work and then there is this wage indicator foundation mm -hmm. based in Amsterdam. They have been working mm -hmm. on it. So we took uh, the data but there and we proposed that mm -hmm. it should be calculated on a living wage basis, not mm -hmm. on the minimum Minimum wage basis, yes. So that principle has been accepted. So it was, I mean, the ILO team proposed 25,500 rupees a month as the wage which is close to a living wage. And now the pension will be 75% of that wage. Okay. So it is much above the minimum wage. So that's a very important principle that we can use in all our countries right. in terms of determining pension for uh, minimum pension for workers in the government sector. Right. So finally we have got this and now the deadline is that by the end of this year all the details will be worked out and right. oversight committee will be formed there which will uh, <laughs> comprise of representatives of unions, of uh, government, some employers and some departments like the social security department or employees, old age benefits uh, institution will be assigned to undertake the task of disbursement of pension. The High Court will be involved in the oversight. If there is any dispute, then the High Court will decision will be binding. Finally, yeah. So th that way, much delay, but finally we have a very good outcome at the outcome end. Outcome yeah. in the end, and we hope every the workers will be able to use it. Secondly, it should also work as a as a kind of incentive for the buyers and the employers to spend a little money in on health and yeah, Absolutely. So uh, we were calculating, for example, now the KIAK has ended up paying $6.15 million. If they had spent, in my view, say $10,000 a year sending somebody from his own office to look at the working condition, mm -hmm. health and safety, so it will cost them one uh, air ticket and yeah. maybe three days stay of in hotel, Karachi. Yeah. It won't be more than $10,000. So they had been uh, sourcing from that factory for 10 years. 10 years they would have spent maximum $100,000.
So now compare that one with the six point, yeah. $6.15 million. Yeah. Dollars. So it should help them to calculate it's better to spend $10,000 yeah. a year. Prevention send, better than send cure. Send your yeah. own person. Yeah. The local uh, manufacturer will know that they have to really comply with hmm. the minimum standards and that will save lives. Also, their profits will go up by $5.75 million. Right. They, they wouldn't have to right. pay that. So I think it's, I mean... Uh, no, it's a hugely precedent-setting case and lot I think, to yeah. learn for everybody. And one thing that I, I personally feel is very important is that, I mean, most issues in production processes need cooperation. But this area can only function if there is cooperation between the workers, the managers, employers, and the government. Right. So, because if you set up, say, health and safety committees in each workplace, so you will have to have a, a trained workers representative, yep. you will have to have a trained a lower management person mm -hmm. in that committee at the shop floor, and you need trained labor inspectors. So <coughs> we are proposing now that in, at least in this area there should be joint training programs yep. for representatives from these three uh, sort of stakeholders. It creates a con you know, personal kind of yeah. bond people know each other and they can work without, you know, like the inspector trying to extort right. or the manager trying to, yeah. to hide things or the worker asking for uh, unnecessary or unreasonable uh, demands or even when, you know, some protective gears are given to workers, mm. they won't use them. So, I mean, this needs a cooperative environment. So. We hope this will lead to that, at least in the area where lives of people are at stake. Absolutely. And I mean, I would like to acknowledge the support of everybody yeah. in this, because this is a, an outcome of solid international solidarity. Absolutely. So within South Asia, we got a lot of support from yeah. government uh, sector workers of Bangladesh, India, Sri Lanka, Nepal. And in Europe, like the Clean Clothes, Clean Clothes campaign, campaign yes. they have done wonderful work. Then the German trade unions, and in this case, the German government, and to a large extent, even the Dutch government. Because <coughs> the Dutch government and the German government, they teamed up, and they organized the first Asian conference on living wage in Islamabad in May last year. Yes, my colleague, year, our, our executive director John Morrison was there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And this other friend who is here, Harpreet. From India, she, yes. She had come. She was there too, yeah. that's right, yeah. So, I mean, From that also Center. helped a lot because we got a resolution passed in that uh, conference that since we are all gathered here to discuss the issue of living wage. So the compensation for the deceased and the injured in the Ali Enterprise factory yes. fire, their compensation should be based on what the living wage would be. Yes. And it was unanimously passed. So we acknowledge the support of everybody who had come to that conference. They were governments, they were uh, employers, they were workers, they were brands. Mm -hmm. And I think in a way, whether in some cases it was conscious solidarity and support, in other cases it was not that conscious, 
but it all has come together for a very good outcome yeah one final question karamat bhai that you have worked on this issue you have now seen at close quarters how the mechanism works uh, how remedies need to be discovered my question is really about the auditing because most factories that operate in the developing world not just in south asia also in southeast asia mm. are providing goods for western brands and western brands for a range of reasons don't want to own these factories but want to have other people doing it for them and one way they tend to ensure that their standards are being met by these factories is through auditing but yeah. the examples you showed of sai in this particular case were not very encouraging um obviously there are faults in the system what do you think is the way forward i mean should there be completely independent ngo monitoring should it be trade union should it be supervised by another body how would you like to see that happen well you see first of all i feel this whole business of uh, auditing it has proved to be really a fraud i mean how can you be outsourcing it like that without even ascertaining the capacity of an organization without having any serious guidelines i mean <laughs> if you are given the task i mean then you should not have the freedom to just uh, give it to somebody else to do it yeah and like this pakistani group consisted of only two persons they were working from a small office and uh, they were not seriously engaged in this right so one thing is that the it has to be the responsibility of the state we have seen this happening in pakistan you know under the military rule of ziaul haq in 1981 there was a circular not even change in the laws and saying no inspection will be done without prior intimation to the employer hmm. okay now that defeats the purpose yeah my there was an element of surprise and independent in inspection yeah. okay they it had problems because there is corruption in all our societies so sometimes the employers uh, they were bribing the inspectors and uh, asking them to write all good reports but the point is if the employees were serious they should not have actually given bribes they should have complied with the laws so they went and they were complaining against the inspectors and the aul hak being very pro employers he practically stopped the inspection so there is this part which needs to be corrected that nobody should be able to ex- expect bribes from the employers so you can make it tripartite you can have local committees based in each industrial area which should have representatives of employers of uh, the government and of the workers plus some independent professionals who who can you know give professional advice so you can find ways of doing impartial transparent inspection but this certification is no substitute for that so i think we need to uh, discuss this more sort of in depth and the ilo conventions must be implemented local laws should be improved and expand like we already have in the ilo this uh, tripartite plus framework now 
so you can include uh, as many uh, stakeholders, as you, stakeholders want, yeah. as you want so i'm all for making it transparent you have to have well trained inspectors you have to train workers you have to you know like uh, have solid health and safety committees at the workplace that will be the biggest deterrence against any yeah. outside absolutely imposition so yeah. you tra train workers you pay them for taking responsibility yes right they should get time off you should organize drills mm -hmm. in each factory occasionally yeah. right then safety should be a public issue there should be public education on that right yeah so i mean it has to be <coughs> a broad collaborative mm -hmm. cooperative societal effort yeah so you you know you plug all the loopholes but this certification must go if and you know the employer wants a certification for whatever purpose and uh, they want to continue with it they, that should not exempt them from inspection. right no this has been a signal signal an important story absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah okay now the worst thing was that this certification was being financed by the government you know in 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 pakistan i'm sure you will have something like that in india or other south asian country there has been uh, this trade development authority has been set up it basically focuses on exports by the pakistani factory yeah. now in that every exporter is supposed to give 2% of its net profit as contribution to the trade development now trade development authority pays the fee for this certification right without having any direct sort of oversight there so they these companies go and they issue a certificate because if they don't issue the certificate they don't get anything suppose this company had given a report saying there is there is no compliance they will not get anything now this is i mean asking yeah. for asking for dishonest mm. practices they should have got their fee in any case then they will give you an honest report right. if you make it conditional to the issuance of a certificate they don't need to inspect they will just issue a certificate and get their fee so like this company reena which is based in italy and now there is a case against them these our friends italian mm -hmm. they have filed a case against them so this reena company this has issued some 150 plus certifications in a short span of 3 years right if you are doing a serious inspection this is impossible impossible yeah but there are other companies who were there for the last 10 years and 15 years and they have hardly given maybe 25 certifications <laughs> so you have to this had become a kind of a, a mechanism where you are seen to be compliant where whereas you are putting workers lives in grave danger yeah there is a phrase right who will guard the guardians so this has to go and <coughs> a new system yeah with safeguards against all kinds of corruption or extortion have to be put in place yeah. and i think it's possible when you make it tripartite plus and get in some honest professionals to yeah. be part of that and without their okay 
no report should be issued Very and there can be yeah. i mean we can yeah. think of uh, innovative there a lot of experience everywhere yeah. of uh, inspections as well as accidents so i'm sure if we hold a south asian meeting in, yeah. in one day we can come up with what will be a good edit. template for the future yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in fact your experience is a good template for the future so that at least those deaths are not in vain that we know that the ilo can implement and enforce it we know that there can be cross border cooperation we also know that companies once they see the logic can play a positive role and we know that trade unions are not alone and they can work with their solidarity partners exactly. from elsewhere so exactly. it's a very good story and thank you and all the best with your work in the future